Nobody's in the middle. Checks back against Carter and scores. That is a typical for the Amina Margot. Merry Christmas. Snow is falling all around me. Children playing, having fun. Tis the season. Love and understanding. Merry Christmas, Chelsea and Emma Pays. Get back in your box. <laughs> I hope you're all enjoying the festive period. Arsenal for Chelsea won. What a game. All three of us are there. We're all three of us are back once again. So as always, the lovely Lottie, how are you? Are you watching? Are you watching? Are you watching Emma Hayes? Yeah, I would have sung that a bit louder, but my voice is very sore after that game. Um, we're a little bit back late, and I do apologise due to personal commitments, but don't worry, we're back with an extra slice of humble pie just for Emma Hayes and Chelsea Football Club. Um, but other than that, I'm great. I'm absolutely great. I'm glad to be back. And always, we're joined by the awesome Adam, who made a great commentary uh, yeah. pundit and slash pundit <laughs> on the yes. uh, Russo goal. That was brilliant. Uh, how are thank, you? Thank you. Yeah, um, I think we can all agree Peter Drury's job is safe um, for now. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those moments because, as anyone knows me, a football, I, I as a sort of stress, stress sort of sort of. Measure, yeah, kind of trying to suppress my stress, coping mechanism, shall we say? Um, I do sort of commentate the game just so I know where the, where the ball's going to in the players, and then I do get a bit carried away with myself. So I can only apologise for that. Adam never apologised for that. <laughs> I absolutely love it when we're standing in the North Bank and the girls are shooting down the down the South Stand. And I know who exactly has got the ball and where it's going. <laughs> it could be the South Stand or the clock end, I should say. Yeah. This time around, it was well. I wasn't well, so confused, so I can't say it. No, I was, I was helping myself to an extra large slice of prawn sandwich, and it was very tasty for that one. But, ooh, uh, ooh, posh yes, boy. Absolutely. And like Lottie, I should also apologise. Um, due to a secret mission I was on earlier in the week, we had to delay the pod. But uh, that will all be revealed in a future pod, what I was up to. Um, I was up to some secret shenanigans with the Arsenal and uh, look forward to divulging what that might be. Um, in a future pod, so keep your ears and eyes open for that. So, just a quick news item, just the one for this episode. The WSL has finally got its own sticker book. It was released today. So, those that are avid collectors, those that are wishing to find something for those women football enthusiasts. For Christmas, this is your opportunity to find something. They're going to be out in most retails and across UK, across Europe, I'd imagine so, because it's from Nini that are making these. Fantastic to see. Brilliant to see um, for those who'd go in for the whole sticker collection, Panini connection. That would be two out of three of us, not including you. Correct. I mean, I mean. (laughs) On my way home today, my dad messaged me because I'm rubbish at Christmas ideas. I can't think of anything like I want for Christmas. It's just 
rubbish at it. And my dad said, I've got an idea for a Christmas present for you. I said, oh, what is it? He said, do you want the WSL Panini sticker book? And I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, but it's great. It's got women's football and stickers. And he was Live like, it. yeah, but dad, I'm going to waste. I'm going to waste so much. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's going to be the Euros all over again. Every time I go to my local Sainsbury's or, or wherever, um, as the test goes, I'm going to be like, like, right, I've got my food, got my apples and, and my food and bananas and whatever it is, and 50 packs of stickers as well, just through the, you know, because I've got to get that one shiny sticker of McCain. I'd be terrible at it. So, I'm, I'm, I've got. A, I'm a very competitive, so, addictive person when it comes to these sort of things, and I don't want to fall into that trap again. I did it for the so Euros. You don't, you don't want to join me and Matt in the uh, no, you, posting on fast bears to each other. Then no, you, you and Matt, you swap away. I am staying clear of this, but I absolutely think absolutely we will. It is absolutely. A I think brilliant addition to my WSL. only complaint at this point is the fact that Noel Maritz isn't actually a sticker. She's at the bottom of the page with our new signings and Maritz has been there for a while and that's really irritated me. That's that's a curious um, design yeah, choice. Exactly. They, they um, well, I understand with our newer signings, they've just arrived, but mm. Noel Maritz is just a part of the furniture now. So that's my a, only bone of contention with Panini. The thing point. is, they put, I believe they put Alessi Russo in, so I think it's more of like um, a selling Minor. point. I know, I, for me, I don't care if it's a selling point or not. It's a case of before they probably even think, thought about doing this. She wasn't an Arsenal player; she belonged to Man United. Mm. Yeah, and that's my point of contention with that. Wow. I get she's the, one of the biggest stars on the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but don't sacrifice the people that have been here with us a long time and have, have mm. done a lot of work for us. Yeah. yeah, while they've been here, I mean, you can't beat Champions League now, merits, and you never will. She scares me, Champions League football, and I love it. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I think the team the teams have 16 players that are stickers, so it works out as just over 120, maybe a little bit higher than that. Mm. My mass is not the, my greatest uh, force, but let's get on to the actual game then. So Arsenal have got the formation we, we were expecting. Some said it was going to be a back three. That would be me. I got it completely wrong. <laughs> it was a I think we went four. for fours, didn't we, Adam? Yeah, we did. We said fours. And I think we pretty much... Well, I actually, I got this one wrong. I got the back four wrong, as you'll read out, Matt. Yeah. So, Steph Catley, Lotta Weaver-Moy, Amanda Illestet, and Katie McCabe as the back line. Then you had Leah Volte, Velti, Kim Little, and Victoria Plover in the midfield. And Caitlin Ford, Alessia Russo, and Beth Mead excuse me, as the front three. Yep, that's mm-hmm. yep, pretty much spot on. I think what we all expected, it's, I think it's actually the, those, we've played bits of those formations as they are throughout the season, but I think it's the first time we've been able to line up because of injuries and players come up with ACLs, it's the first time we've been able to line that up as it is, those 11 players in the same team. But yeah, little at 10 with Velti, Palovia, Pivot. We've played that a lot this season. It's worked great. McCabe at right back. We've been playing that a lot this season. And with mixed results, I'd say. I'd say attacking-wise, gives us a great option. Defensively, that's always been the suspects on the wrong side. But yeah, Russo leading the line. Ford and Mead on the wings. It was... It's, I think certain players can maybe consider themselves unlucky to miss out. Maybe like Kyle Cooney-Cross. He's done great stuff in the midfield. Um, as of our season, but when you've got the likes of Little and Velti, the experience they have in these 
big game situations, um, I think Jonas was right to lean into that. And I think, as we'll discuss, maybe that their contributions in the game warranted their selection. So then the substitutions we had Sprina, as, as always, on the bench. Uh, Jem Beatty, Vivian Miedemar, Frieda Leonhardson Mornham, Noel Moritz, Chloe Lacasse, or everyone's calling her 24. <laughs> <laughs> she scores the goals, Stina Blackstinius, Leia Cordina, and Lottie's favourite, uh, number magical 32, Kyra Cooney Cross, because I can't say anything because it's supposed to be PG. <laughs> but she's mm, magical. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That bench looks well, when she's on the ball. Yeah, she's absolutely that. magical. That, I mean, the bench is scary, isn't it? That's the thing. That's where we are now with our, with our bench at the moment. When you've got Vivian Miedemar to, to potentially come off the bench if you want, or mm. Blackstone is, we can bring off the bench. That's that's an insane position to be in. And um, It's yeah, a luxury that, we haven't had in a long time. Absolutely, absolutely. So Chelsea's uh, formation was a 4-2-3-1 with Katrin Berger in goal, which was, again, a big issue. We didn't know whether or not Moosevich was going to be starting, considering mm. what happened last season yeah. when they came to the Emirates. Moosevich started, uh, kept them in the game fairly hugely. Um, yeah, did without, very well. Did very well. You just thought, when are Arsenal getting that second? Mm. Never did. And then Sanko goes up the other end and scores in the last minute of the game. Yeah. So that's what we were expecting. We were, I don't think a lot of us were expecting Berger. There's been a bit of issues that some of us were going to say that is it going to be the Berger that's going to be terrorising us for that, or is it going to be the Berger that we saw in the Conte Cup? Yes, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, Perisic, Mel, Melger, Jess Carter, Neve Charles in the back four. Aaron Cuthbert, Nuskin, uh, Connery, Fleming, James. And Sam Kerr starting. Yeah. Now, there was a bit of an issue with Sam Kerr. We didn't know whether or not she was going to be starting, but we had our um, not we had a hunch that Sam yeah. Kerr was probably it's going to start Sam, this game. It's the old mind games, isn't it? It's the old uh, uh, Emma Hayes mind games. Will Sam Kerr start? Will she not? And you get your hopes up, and then. There we go. She's uh, she's she starting starting eleven. It's just like, oh, okay, all right, okay. Sam Kerr, it is. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, manage her throughout the game. As you say, Berger. When I was when, when the teams got read out at the stadium, that was I just I just found myself just raising half an eyebrow. I thought, hmm, okay. And I wouldn't normally think that with Berger, as you mentioned about talking about Conti Cup finals. 20, the twenty twenty final was the first time I saw Berger in action. Um, that was when we were under um, Joe Montemuro. Our season was, it was literally just before we went into lockdown. And our season was just, just starting to, well, was in a bit of a tailspin. But before we got the Conti Cup final, it's against Chelsea. They just battered us 4-1 a few weeks ago. We got a bit of revenge. And we absolutely dominated them. Literally played them off the park and we just could not find that goal. And the reason we couldn't was because Anne Kutchenberger had the game of her life. I think we lost it 2-1 in the end. Beth, Beth in England got one right at the death, which was rather annoying. But Berger was, I thought, she's incredible. This is the, one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen. She's amazing. Um, but then, obviously, you mentioned Musevich played at the Emirates, and she was really good. And that, that was my instinct, was Musevich would be the one. And I think what I found with Berger, and you mentioned uh, the Conti Cup final earlier in the year, and we'll come on to that when it's relevant, 
She didn't have a great game that time around. So uh, that did give me a, just a bit of hope that we might get a, a bad burger day rather than a good burger day. Um, we'll see. As for the, the rest of the team, um, I think the tax picks itself. Lauren James, banging form, brilliant player, um, dangerous. So that's well, one of my main areas of concern. Cursed, leading the line, yeah, pretty much what I expected. Interestingly, they went for the back four rather than the back three. I think we we're all expecting a back three. Emma Hayes just sort of lent on that for most of the uh, most of the start of the season, but he is a back four. And this obviously with Millie Bright injured, so they are a centre back short. And obviously, you heard what I was saying when we were covering England and Jess Carter in the back four. We had Jess Carter in the back four, and that mm, maybe there's something there for us. Um, not quite how I imagined uh, in, the, in that regards, but we'll get on to that. Lossie, did you have any thoughts on Yeah, any of the again, starting? it's just mine goes from Emma Hayes and Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr will not miss this fixture. It's probably one of her favourites. Um, I mean, we all saw her video post-match at the Tollington. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll but that. it was, it's, it's, yeah, I knew she was going to play. I told you guys on the pod last time. Yeah. Emma Hayes has said nothing, but she will guarantee a start. All I've got to say on that subject is if she had less temper tantrums about not getting the ball, she might have played some football to the, oh, that, that, that day. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, I've looked at her about twice. She was standing there stamping her foot because she wasn't getting any service, which was always a plus in our book. Well, we were, that's because we were doing our jobs right. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so we'll get on to the game then. Arsenal started in almost a sprint to the 100-metre line. Casey McKay <laughs> sprints through... Oh, with a option to the passing the ball to Kim Little try attempts a little flick to Beth Mead mm. unfortunately Neve Charles gets there just in time and nicks a touch and that's only two minutes in mm. no, I was happy with that a nice fast start on the front foot doing what uh, what we are good at you know the the, the counter charge you get, lure Chelsea in and then win the ball and then the space down the flanks and it was sort of set the tone for what the rest of the game was going to be. And, uh, you know, McKay braiding down the flanks, Ford raiding down the flanks, getting into the space behind. And it happened time and time and time again. And it gave me hope because my big feeling with the Chelsea game, and I think that's last season, was last season we didn't take our chances. We battered them for about 75, 80 minutes at home. But Hertig, Steiner... Ford, you know, Catley, nobody had their shooting boots on and he, and Musevich had a really good game as well. So my thought was, well, we, we are starting well here. Just need to, we need we need to get something from this moment. So I, I know a goal, a chance, something. We need to make sure that we, we make this point count. But it gave me hope. I thought there are chances here for us as it stands, unless Emma Hayes corrects this. But I thought, yeah, we got a, we got a, a fighting chance here to, to do something. And it nearly turned a little bit more mm. calamitous for Chelsea, Casey McCabe once again a three ball for Alessia Russo. Russo goes and pressures Jess Carter, who eventually falls onto the floor. This is near the goal line. Uh, Katrin Berger comes out to clear, and the ball deflects off Russo. This was great to see that Arsenal were pressing and really making sure that Chelsea were forcing themselves into errors. For me, Jess Carter falls down a bit too easily. She seems to do this a lot. Every time she gets a little bit physical against, comes up against someone who's willing to put in a little bit of a foot in, Jess Carter will just fall to the floor, and it's it's a bit of an oddity one. But it does if 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 she does it in an English shirt, it's a concern. When yeah. it's 
against Chelsea, you're like, we don't yes, care. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but if you fall on the floor, you can try and ask for a free kick, and the referee's not going to give it to you because yeah. that's a 50 50 all day of the week. Yeah. Lottie, you're nodding your head there. Just on that <laughs> no, five absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. It's one thing that annoys me about Jess Carter as a hot player as a whole, whether it's domestic or international. She just goes over it. It's, it's, it's irritating, but she doesn't have the dramatics. So it's not as bad as I would say. I'll, in the men's game, I'll get up or a bit like, say, if it was um, Ashley Neville for Tottenham. I did, I know that is just a fact that just comes out of my mouth anyway at that game because she sits on the floor. And you got dramatics. Mm. I think you get the same from, uh, oh, is her name Kit Graham? Yeah, Graham. Graham. Yeah, yeah. Graham. Can't remember her first name. You get that from her a lot as well, as well as um, there's a few players from every club you can name it that like the amateur dramatics, but you don't see it in the women's game as much as the men's. Um, but yeah, no, she just goes over like a sack of potatoes. You just tap her. <laughs> and just it did not take the Gunners long to put the ball in the back of Chelsea's net. After a few turnovers in Arsenal's half, the uh, Arsenal breakout with Kim Little nicking the ball back. She plays a little small pass to Leah Velty, who decides, right, OK, I see you, Caitlin. I'm going to set you on your way. Lovely lofted pass for, for her, and she's on her way, heading essentially towards the goal. Her attempted pass, though, to Little is eventually blocked, but Kim Little does pick it up, manages to uh, get uh, go past Noah and flicks the ball onto Palova, who is able to. It's a lovely turn. Let's just say this: Victoria just. <laughs> <laughs> it's Victoria lovely Palova. 180, and yeah, it's absolutely. just that person has tie, has the family to go home to. Don't do it like that. <laughs> we love it. That's not even the best part, though. She turns and lays it off to Beth Mead, and she sends. Burger, Carter and Charles all for a hot dog. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And then not not to make it even worse, she blasts it straight through through. I think it's Nguyen's trying on the end there, trying to head it on the line. She doesn't get anywhere near it. Rocket uh, from Mead, as uh, usual, against uh, Chelsea. Absolutely loved it. Go on, Adam, because I think uh, you're bursting to say something. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I don't think it's Newham because she's out of an ACL. Probably Nuskin is probably the player. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, that would, be, that. that would be very impressive. Very impressive powers of recovery that our, our, our players could really yeah. do with. You just was, ima- imagine her just standing in the car with her crutches. crutches. <laughs> Waiting she's in the car. That's just me. I'm <laughs> just me. mean. Ignore me, everybody. Yeah, do, Go on, do, Adam. We, we, are, we are on unstable ground if we try to mock ATLs. Um, they Absolutely. Are Absolutely. Especially after last season. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're now in a full recovery. Uh, Nuskin, on the other hand, nearly gets to the line, but it's just too much power and it's straight overhead. But the build-up play, it, thinking back to the game, watching it live, so where we were, Ford was running right in front of us so Chelsea gets gets the uh, get the attack Chelsea attack is very slow we got the numbers back and it's like a coiled spring the moment the turnover we get also get that turnover bam attack mode it's Lea Volte who can I find Ford Ford pings it over the top um into the space that's vacated and uh yeah I think she yeah up the left and uh off she goes my worry was is when we got to the box it looked like Ford was trying to play Russo in, and it all got a bit chaotic from where we were where we were sat because we were sat more towards the Arsenal end in that half. So you're sort of looking, thinking, please, someone get the ball free, someone get the ball free. And as you see, it was Kim Little comes to Pullover, and what Pullover did, she did time and time and time again in the midfield, which is take the ball, 
back into the defender, spin and away. Every time, every time the defender came to press her, she would just spin and go away. And you picked up. And what she did this time, though, she did it in the box. The defender comes close, rolls her, lays it to Beth Mead, and there's this incredible angle from behind the goal. And Beth Mead checks inside, and the goalkeeper is away from the goal. She's done. I mean, the defense. I mean, I've never seen the Chelsea defense in such a chaotic mess. That, like you said. Two defenders and Berger for a hot dog. They're just completely taken out of the game with one chop. And if you look back to when we beat Chelsea 3-2 at the Emirates a few seasons ago, it's very similar to the goal Cuthbert scored. In that instance, the ball gets laid across through the box and Cuthbert takes it first time, drives it far corner. And Bethany doesn't do this. Um, but the, the way the ball is worked for is incredibly similar. And maybe that's maybe why my Berger tried to anticipate her movements. But no, me chops inside onto her weaker left foot. That's another left-footed belter Mead just scored. She's come back and uh, must have been working on that in the training room because that was very impressive. Yep, Lee's Berger for dead on the floor. Defender's out of the game. And then you're just thinking, can she finish? Can she finish? Yes, she can. And the stadium is on fire, um, as was Beth Mead, as the saying goes. Eight, eight minutes on the clock, I think it was? Yes. Eight minutes on the clock. Early goal. Crowd fully engaged. And I just think back to that opening game of the season when we played Liverpool. And yes, we had, was it 57,000 in? And the atmosphere was pretty much dead because there was just nothing happening. There was no excitement. There was no attacking. There was nothing to, to feed on. It was just a, because of how Liverpool played and how our team was at the time. This chalk and cheese, crowd fully engaged, early goal, everyone's invested. Brilliant. Let's go. Let's, 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 let's keep, keep this, this ball turning. Um, and just yeah, just it felt it felt so good. We were winning. We were beating Chelsea. This is fantastic. <laughs> no, she's back, and I'm, mm. I'm so happy for her because it's it's just I believe it was this time last year when she'd done her ACL against um, mm. Man United at the Emirates. So if I had to come back this time of year and just score her first goal back from an ACL is just absolutely incredible, especially against that lot. Um, yes, it's just it's bittersweet. It really is, mm. and I'm just so, I'm so happy for her. Mm. Um, Should also add, it's quite funny when all the Chelsea fans are saying Beth Mee's not a threat, and then she goes and does that other oh, eight minutes. I, love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Beth Mee's not a threat. Those words do not it, like belong in a sentence together. Like our attack and our midfield, there's so much depth to it now. It's mm. scary. But it's also scary how it makes me very, very excited. Yeah. Once we sort that back line out and the goalkeeper situation, we're good. But it's just funny how for a team that we hate so much in Chelsea, we've got one player who just loves playing against Chelsea. I don't know what it is about it, but some some reason for when it comes to Chelsea, Mm. Beth Mee just hits another level, and it's so good to see. It's a bit like Caitlin Ford and Tottenham. It's the same thing. It is absolutely same thing. And I'm I'm so I'm so here for it. And it didn't take long for Chelsea to get back into this one. 13 minutes on the clock. Fleming plays Canary in. Uh, first time opportunity, Canary shoots, finds the bottom corner. For me, it felt a bit similar to, again, when I talk about tight marking in the women's game. It doesn't seem to exist as much no. as it does in the men's. No, You're given a lot of time to sort of, set up yourself and then have your shot had someone the close i don't know if it would have been noel katie um lots of man's anyone who was it who was close to her 
close her down, at least then that gives her an option. Either she has to, if she can't shoot, she either takes that on or she has to play a pass into, mm. I think Sam Kerr was just in, ahead of her, but I think she was offside yeah. as usual. Um, I do actually have a compliment for her though. She did actually nutmeg Steph Catley. Yeah. If you watch it on the replay, mm. it goes straight through Steph's legs and that was it. It was game over. It was a very good goal on the replay, but when you're sitting directly onto it, it's like, great, here yeah. we go again. Yeah, but absolutely. The Arsenal fans were fully behind them, and that's one thing I love about the women's game. Like, even if we go behind or we or the other team come level, we're straight behind them to get them going again. I mean, there was 59,042 people yeah, there. Pretty much, yeah. And everyone was there. Everyone was behind them, and apart from the Chelsea fans, of course. Yeah. That wonderful little blue corner. Shout out to that Chelsea fan in my block who thought he he got a bit big for his boots when that goal went in. He definitely had a really rubbish game after that. Mm. Let's just um, say that. Was your was Man? Did you see Manu? Apparently, Manu came over to the the home fans after that equaliser and sort of gave yeah, a bit yeah, of a she, wanted, of, she does that a lot, and yeah. she does I think that she, a lot. she thrives off having that audience in front of her, yeah. which I think is why she loves being in the North Bank quite a lot. Mm. Whereas I think in the south, when she's at the South Bank in Meadow Park, she doesn't enjoy that time as much the thing but... is the south stand is very quiet and it's got that little away corner as well so that doesn't yeah. help so um, i get that i'm sorry yeah so on the goal just, just go for it because a lot of stuff happened there's a lot of point of failures because um well the way Arsenal was set up um they had a very high press as we expect but this is where chelsea broke the press it was the only time in the first half they do it twice in the game this is the only time in the first half where they broke that press. And it, I think it, I think it was Charles. I think they, there are two opportunities Arsenal have to bring her down. And she get the, what we're saying might be like a missed tackle, basically. She gets past two and gets past, I think it's maybe Mead and McCabe. And suddenly they're at the back line, passing very quickly from midfield. The midfield is on forward, returns is forward treat. They've got the, the numbers on the counter. Uh, it's Fleming, as you say, to Wrighty Canyard. Now, Steph Catley's in attendance. Steph Catley has to close her down quicker. She's a close. She has to get over there and press her. But she sort of stands off, holds her ground, obviously legs apart. The ball goes through there. But there's not the only... Sam Marnie um, gets beaten on near post, which doesn't look great. And I've seen a lot of people come swinging for Marnie over this. And for me, that's very harsh. For the reason you mentioned, Lottie, ball goes through Steph Catley's legs. There was a limit of unsightliness. But also the fact... Sam Kerr is offside and runs for our eye line. Now, I'm sorry, if you've got a, a striker like Sam Kerr who's running in front of you, you're going to look at Sam Kerr because she's likely to be the person that's going to kick the ball in the net. And the moment Sam Kerr runs past, suddenly right in Kanye just knock the ball straight to your left and you haven't got a chance to react. So I do have a bit of sympathy. Yes, in ordinary circumstances, you should not, as a keeper, be beaten at your near post like that. Um, but there are circumstances. Manuel Munio, we're looking at you. Well, yes, that his name does. That's another Manu, and at the other Manu, uh, Manuel Munio does come to mind. But yes, there was there was a failing in the press. It's the only time our, as a team we failed. And it actually came from our we had our own throw in. That's what it came from. We had a throw in on our and right one by their corner. They, I think it was Lauren James of a turnover, and they very quickly broke through the press, beat the two tackles, got the, the counter going through. Very well done. And then yeah, Steph Catley didn't close down enough. Marnie got being near post. Samco was offside. Didn't get given. No VAR. You know, thank goodness for that, eh? Um, and it also it's one all. And that did seem to be a bit of a, you know, we were, we were all a bit of a high after the, the early goal. And it just took me back to the West Ham game where we got the early goal through Frieda. And then we 
we lost the momentum immediately and West Ham had a period of dominance where they actually even hit the post. And it felt like we'd done it again. And so we had, we had, we, we did, we started so great. We got the early goal and maybe we got a bit too over excited where it was like the whole team was like, oh, we're beating Chelsea. I can't believe it. And then I think, because before that, I think Fleming had a shot. I think it was like two or three seconds after me got that early goal. Fleming has a shot from from edge of the box that manages very well to save. And it just sort of, the momentum sort of flipped Chelsea's way. But then what, what was even better is Chelsea got the equaliser and the momentum switched back again. And suddenly Arsenal sort of, I think, ran the rest of the half, and um, which was uh, very good to see. Just quickly on the goalkeeper in perspective, I think she was expecting the cross. She wasn't expecting the shot. And when... You can't be prepared for everything when you're a goalkeeper. You, you know, you can try and anticipate where the ball's going to be. So if it's a long ball into Kerr that she's expecting, that's what she sees, mm. which is why she's beaten. And okay, fair enough. Hold your hands up. It happens. It's yeah. It's a diddy mistake, but it's a it's as you mentioned quite rightly, Adam. It's like a it's it's a couple of errors that have led to their yep. goal in the end. Hold your hands up. We go again. Everyone mm. gets gets their voice raises, and eventually, we have another goal. And Steph Catley, corner, oh, right hand side lands straight on Amanda's head. What makes this even better is, apart from for me, is that Catherine Berger has gone and randomly tried to attempt to win the ball. She's yeah. nowhere near it, mm. and Amanda's just got an empty goal to hit the ball in the back of the net. This is now the second time I've been to a game <laughs> and worn my Amanda shirt, and she has scored. So, and that is absolutely that bloody is, brilliant. Yeah, because you wore it to Southampton, didn't you? Yes. Keep wearing yeah, it, Matt. Keep wearing it. I've got to say, um, it's the same thing every time I wear my Frida shirt, to be fair. Um, but it's also a case of, I think that if when you watch the replay, is that you can see that ball is coming in for Alessia Russo. And all of a sudden, she ducks out the way and Amanda's just there and it's just mm. bang in. It happened so quick from where I was sitting in the West End. Sorry, I had to check. I don't know what you're yeah. sitting on that side. Um, well, I'm closest, well, somewhere in between the West End and, and the North Bank. But it happened so quickly. All that happened was the crowd just erupted and we went with it. The sound. When you watch it. Mm. It was just absolutely brilliant, but the way that I'm just really happy that Alessia moved out the way. Yeah, because <laughs> she wouldn't have. Made, I'm not. Her aerial presence is good, but it's not Amanda good because Amanda's got the height. Mm. Yeah. So I'm relieved she kind of <clears throat> jumped over. It, it down, was. I say. It was. It was good. It was good to see. Um, Again, brilliant, uh, brilliant corner by um, Steph. Kat. I think she had one. It was either a free kick or a corner early in the game. Berger had actually made a run. It actually got a punch. And it wasn't a great punch. Um, and I think that was I think that was on the other on the other, other side. But this was Steph Catley's delivery. Really good delivery. And it's I mentioned Berger early in in, in the uh, in in the show. It's her mistake. It's a mistake from and catching Berger. And it's it's a repeat of what we saw in the Conti Cup final when um, Haffer slash Charles own goal clinch the final right on the end of half time Berger comes for a ball that she's getting nowhere near to and it happens again and what Arsenal done is you watch the replays Palova is on the keeper and what it means is and the commentary Rachel Brown Finnis mentions that um, Berger has to move a player out the way to get to the ball and it's that delay that stops her getting to the ball in time 
Jess Carter is in the mix as well. She's trying to have it clear. So there's a miscommunication there as well. But we know that Berger does this. We saw it in the Conti Cup final when we got our clinching goal and she's done it again. And as you mentioned, Lottie, the noise. Um, when you watch it back, it's like it, it, when, when that header goes in and it's so bad because it's in an open goal effectively. If Berger stays at home, she saves it. Um, but the noise was terrific. And it just it was just right. We've got our lead back. We forget about that goal. Now we need to obviously uh, cement this. And I should say with Berger, the first goal, obviously, there's an element of getting done. She doesn't look good when she's away from, on, on the wrong side of a goal. You know, she's not even in front of the goal. She's on along the side when Mead scores. So it's basically, it's two mistakes in a row. She's been done by Mead for the chop. Now she's been done with this uh, with this corner. Brilliant delivery by Catley. You know, she's got a left foot like Messi, as we all know. Um, and yeah, it was like, okay. Um what next? <laughs> it did not take long indeed. Mm. <laughs> as soon as that game was restarted, Arsenal got on the front foot. Uh, Alessio Russo was sent through uh, from a lofted through ball. Again, Leah Valti. Mm. <laughs> and one-on-one, Alessia just go, goes through no all the time in the world. And she goes, you know what? I'm just flicking this up over the goalkeeper. Thierry Henry-esque lifts it over the goalkeeper and nestles into the bottom right corner. Really excellent. And I can't believe that she did that. And now you can see, actually, there's a TikTok on the Arsenal women of a like for like of Thierry Henry doing exactly the same goal mm. and Alessia's goal against Chelsea. And it's just... I haven't seen this yet. I need to. Okay, I noted. I need to watch this. It's brilliant. So two minutes, two minutes, about two minutes between the two goals. Thirty-seven minutes on the clock. Amanda's yeah. goal was on thirty-five. Yeah. So yeah. So the funny thing was, is we were watching it on the big screen because obviously they must show the replays. And <laughs> what they were showing was not the goal. What they were showing was Emma Hayes. Uh, on the touchline, seeing Berger do what she did, run into a crowd of players and get absolutely bodied basically and Amanda just oh I'll just nod this into the empty net turn around and effectively roll her eyes in frustration shaking her head and so we're all seeing that and having a good chuckle and then we look down and see that hang on a minute Leah Velti's just played the pass of the season uh to send Russo away now I always say one of the best assists I've ever seen live is Fifin Miedemar against Man United playing a ball from just on the own box through the entire Man United defense for Stina to run through clean through and get an equalizer it's I think it's up there this pass and it's it's a bit harder because it's not in the middle it's a curved pass from the wing um from Velti. i don't know how she sees this pass and then russo's running clear and at that point we're thinking surely not and then the finish is just unreal she has to run almost past the ball to get the the, the hip action to get the on the right foot because the your instinct is normally to chase the ball and left foot across the keeper but she's gone for a wrong foot on riesque as you say and at that point we're just rolling in the stand. This is unbelievable. We are three-one up against Chelsea again. Um, it's unbelievable. And obviously, personal, you know, a big fan of Russo myself. You know, I got as you got Amanda on on your shirt. I got Russo on mine, and she scored again, which is fantastic. Um, and yeah, it was just it was it we gone from in two minutes. We've gone from oh gosh, it's one all. This is going to be tense to like this is fantastic. Let's keep going. <laughs> Is, is there anything you want to add, Lottie? Just... No, Adam's pretty much covered it all. It's just, <laughs> it's just bouncing off at this point. My, I'm bouncing around in my boots. I wish I would my trainers. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's brilliant because 
where I hate saying this, but where people didn't turn up, um, some people like Matt were able to move and we were actually managed to get a singing section mm. together, which was absolutely good fun. And that's why I had so much fun because my block was actually singing instead of sitting in, in silence or being told to shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the football match. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to enjoy myself. But it was just unbelievable. And it, it's, it was at that point you got to sit there and just think, okay, we're, we're ahead how long until they put it back? Yes. Because it's Chelsea, I never underestimate them or Emma Hayes. Yeah. As much as I despise them both, they're a quality team and she is a quality manager. And if to say otherwise, you just do you're just stupid. I should say, yeah, that was the one that was a naggy feeling in my mind. Cause I'm just I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to when we when we're three two and thinking we've got to get to half time. Don't do anything stupid. Exactly. Keep us locked down. Get to half time three one, and then that's a really good base camp for the second half. One thing we should add, um, and in, in, in the interest of balance, there is a slight suggestion. Obviously, wasn't given that there may have been an offside in the with the Russo run to the Velti pass, but it is so fine, you know, the, the margin wise, you know, it's very close. I don't. I think there's justification. It sounds bad, but there's justification of lines lines uh, official not to see it because it is so close. What I'd also add is. If it is offside, that's karma for Sam Kerr being offside on our goal. So then maybe these things do even out. Um, we'll get to a point on referees later, but my opinion is I don't think the officiating was great on the game, but I'd also say it, is, it was equally not very good for both teams. So at least there wasn't any bias and rubbishness of it. But yeah, it was uh, it was good to see. And I think we, we did just about see it. Chelsea did really go for that second goal just before the break. They did really, you know, there was a lot of cross in the box. There were some silly free kicks we gave away, which is a bit frustrating. But we got there. We got over the line, got to half time. And I couldn't believe it because before the game, I was nervous. I was thinking, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be at this game because this is this is just too stressful for me. This is, not, this is something I'm going to have to endure. And I get to half time and I'm thinking, we have to win this now. It would be the worst thing in the world if, if, if this was taken from us because this is too perfect. This is too good for me. I need, I, this has to be a win. Anything else is just... Um, I mean, I turned to um, some friends of mine and I said, uh, when it was at one all, I said, would you take one all now? And they said, yeah, we'll take, when it was one all, yeah, we'll take that, walk away. That's a good result. The moment it's 3-1, it's like, it's all in now. It's all or nothing. We've, we've got to win this game. However, we've got to win it. It did feel that almost after the, after, unless you scored, it was pretty much swings and roundabout. Chelsea came, made a couple of attempts. Arsenal made a, made a, temp, a couple of attempts as well. but. None of them really threatened as much as the yeah. earlier attempts. So at half time, Arsenal go in three one up. We weren't expecting any changes, and I think we were expecting Chelsea to make them, which they did. Frank Kirby comes on. I think none of the players does come on. I don't think it's Ingle. I think Ingle comes on. No, later. no, no. Actually, no. Ingle didn't even come on at all. Um, Not Ingle. Um, no, it was Lawrence. Was... B- Lawrence and Buchanan and Kirby were right. three. Yeah. So that made three changes at half yeah. time. So and at that point, I knew we've got Hayes because she does what she always does: is she hits the panic button and makes huge substitutions. She just she either does it in the first half or she does it at half time. And I think back to the Conti Cup final when she did that and brought Buchanan on. And at that point, I thought, oh, we've got a we could we could go to town here. What I have to be honest, and we'll go into the whole half. I say Buchanan had a really good game. She's just probably the best I've seen her play for Chelsea. There were some really good sort of last ditch tackles um as we were trying to do some counter moves um i yeah she she did us she did really really well fair, fair play to her because she hasn't had a good start with chelsea but i one wonders if she started the game 
<laughs> it could have been different. Yeah, that was in in a way I was kind of disappointed. Um, there was no, there was no none of that classic mistakes we saw at the Conti Cup final last season. Yeah. But since then, the way that she's kind of settled and leveled up with, under Emma Hayes is yeah astounding. Because that yeah. Kadisha Buchanan, I can see why Emma Hayes mm. wanted her at Chelsea because there's so much more to her than what we originally saw when she first arrived. Yeah. Um. As I said, a bit disappointed I didn't get to see one of them blunders, but also <laughs> she had a cracking game when she got on. She did, she did. So just on that again, swings and roundabouts and, until eventually 73 minutes on, on the clock. Victoria Plover, through ball for Alessia Russo again. Berger runs out. This is the third time she's run out for on a goal. And as a Russo's getting to the ball. Berger classes uh, Russo. Russo goes under and a penalty is awarded. Russo takes the, the penalty. That I think what was fantastic about that was Kim Little was, was taking all the pressure. Um, she had the ball in her hands and everything. No, no, no. She wasn't Kim Little. No, because Kim Little had been subbed off. Oh, no. Uh, no, it was, L- L- it was Lotta. Lotta Thank was you. Moy- Yeah, Thank it wasn't you. Kim. Yeah, um, so sadly, Kim I knew, Little... I, I yeah, that was, it was Lotta. I was yeah. going to say, Matt, we were square on to that. You should have noticed. <laughs> Plus the fact that the hair colour between Lotta and Kim yeah. is very different. It's very different. I have to I hate to say there's no disrespect to Kim. I am a short person myself. You should have noticed the height difference. <laughs> she's little by name. She's little <laughs> by name. Do you know what I was thinking? That's I'm, like I'm, me, like, for example, it's like me getting Adam, you know, Adam mixed up with Matt. Yeah. That completely different thing because it's the same situation. I, I, I was um, I was worried what? though because I thought it's Lotta going to take the penalty because as much as I want a Lotta goal at Edinburgh Stadium I again just did, at this point <laughs> I, there was only one person I didn't want anywhere near those penalties and that was Kate McCabe. Really? Nope. Wow. Not okay. after not after that rocket rocket over the over over the south stand. Absolutely not. So you would prefer to come up and take it to be then. honest with you after the summer. Fair enough. It's interesting actually because this was a penalty. Um, this was, I think, it was, I'll just do the mass quickly, but it was like our, our third penalty in a row. No, three. It's like we've four had and so five. Many penalties we've had so many penalties, yeah, because we've had so and we've missed them. Yeah, so it's a three. It's our third penalty in a row in all competitions against Chelsea, and our fourth in five games in all competitions against Chelsea. And we've had a, we've scored two, and then obviously we missed the McCabe one at the end of the last season. Um, I was nervous when Russo stepped up. I thought fair play to Russo for stepping up, wanting to get that that crucial goal that would take the game ultimately away from Chelsea but the mind thinks back to the shootout against Paris FC it was it ultimately it was the one penalty that made a difference sadly and it, it sent us out so I thought fair play to her for stepping up and wanting to take take the responsibility you know so I want to be the person to do this and she does it buries it um keep it goes the right way but it's perfectly placed and at that point it's like I'm in dreamland now it's 4-1 Arsenal and it's like well we it, it, just the rest of the game was was a, just a, a dream, really. Um, yeah, we should it was say that the safety net that we needed. Mm, absolutely, you can start to relax and enjoy yourself. Enjoy the game. Songs, Chelsea, Chelsea, where'd you go? Yeah, all that um, kind of stuff, and it was Emma, just so much fun. I think I think my block even got are oh, you Tottenham in disguise out as well, which was got quite fun. It had a few people chuckling. Yeah, and all sorts. But that was a it was fantastic. I just want to quickly have the penalty because there's a bit of controversy over it because there's people saying it shouldn't have been a penalty. And again, this falls back to an Anne Katchenberger error, another error very much penalised. 
So Russo runs through Sam Kerr, uh, sorry, um, Jess Carter makes a great tackle on Russo and takes away the ball. Now, if the penalty was given for that, it's it's a farce because that wasn't a foul. It's a brilliant tackle from Carter. But if you if you've been had the ball taken off you, that doesn't therefore mean that the another opposition gets a chance to have a free hit at you. And the mistake is. Anne Katchenberger doesn't need to leave her line. If she stays on her goal, the tackle is made and the game continues. But why she's come out and just wiped Russo out in the box um, makes the referee make a decision. Um, so I can understand Chelsea fans being aggrieved because they think a clean tackle has been made on Russo, but it's not the penalty's not on that. It's the fact that the, uh, Anne Katchenberger has wiped out an attacker in the box who is not in possession of the ball. Now, for me... That's a penalty and you can't really have any excuse. And unfortunately, that just sort of summed up Burger's day. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so the rest was history. Yeah, as you said earlier in the pod, like if it was Musevic, different game. Absolutely. Clemens started, different game. <laughs> game. But, hey-ho, we're Arsenal fans. So if Ingle started, we, we, different yeah. game. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just, just then, do you think that it's a card, if there should have been a card because of the foul. Well, I was thinking, yeah, I think with Jess, with Jess Carter in attendance, it wasn't enough of a wipeout, shall we say. It was very much a, it was not like an intentional, like, like two, you know, two-footed slide or, or a clip on the ankles. It was a, a body, you know, two people coming together. I was thinking there might have been a booking. I didn't think it'd be like a red card last player sort of thing because Jess Carter was in attendance. Um, I, I think it was justifiable just to get the penalty, really. Otherwise, you yeah, you're getting a bit greedy if you're going to start asking for cards in those situations. Okay, so we might as well then go on to the. Actually, I'll go on to the full time scenes because it was really fantastic mm. scenes at the end there. Uh, one of my favourite moments. I think we'll all we'll talk about finding what our favourite moments and at after the full time whistle. Mine was seeing Leah Williamson being given piggyback rides <laughs> by all the players. So she's given one, Vanu's given her one. And the, again, there's another TikTok on Arsenal women. Fantastic. There's lovely little bit of music as well. And it was great to see that Leah be a part of it. And there was a few others in attendance as well that were just making the rounds. Jodie Taylor being one of them. Yeah. And it was fantastic. All around. It was Adam, favourite yeah, moment? Good. Yeah, great party scenes. Um, uh, love the fact they played. Um, is, it, is it? I can't remember the name of the song. Is it? Is it bright all over? Is it the the one for the less? I can the, I can never remember what the name of the song is, but it's the one used for Leslie Russo chant. They they did the the you know free uh, freedom desire, and then they did, did that one, and that was great. It was great to see that the the announcer playing songs that we need a chance to, and then obviously we did Sweet Caroline. And I was I was in tears by the end of it. It's it's not it doesn't happen often in football games. I mean, the last time I had it was at the Euros when we won at, at the end. That had me in tears. And this this one got me emotional, just because it meant so much. And I think back to the I mentioned in, in our preview pods when we lost four one at home when Joe Montemurro got it so 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 wrong and we got battered. And this felt like almost like a the world sort of been flipped upside down. And now it's it's happened the other way around. Now, for me, we have to win the league now. If this if this if this result has any meaning, surely we have to, you know, otherwise it's just like the three two win a few seasons ago. We beat Chelsea three two, but Chelsea won the league. So it was kind of like our nice moment, but then they had the bigger thing. This I feel this we have to win the league. And this is what I felt a bit disappointed. It's the only this is the only disappointment the second half is we got to four one and we had so many chances on the counter. We had so many chances on the counter miss. And the big one for me was Steena Black Senius. I think Mead, Mead sorry, um Frieda 
on the counter plays like a nutmeg through the defender. Stina goes 1v1 and she just has to place in the bottom corner and she balloons it into your stand. And I just think we, we're now level on points, but with three goal difference behind. I just think if we got it to 5-1, I would have said that would have been an, a brilliant scoreline. 4-1's amazing. I just think there was one more goal out there that, and that would have really closed the gap on Chelsea. But no, I absolutely loved it. The full-time whistle was the best performance I've seen. I was in tears, arguing the people next to me. Um, and yeah, that full that full time whistle brought up a lot of emotion, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll treasure that for a long time. Yeah, no, I have got to say I did. If for me, it was again, it was a party. As soon as that whistle went, it was after party down the toilet. And mm. um, every time I saw a Chelsea shirt, singing, what do we think of Chelsea? <laughs> Everyone knows the Tottenham one, so you just change the word to Chelsea. Um, everyone was having a good time. I did feel a, I didn't feel an inch mean about that at all because Tolleton is an Arsenal pub. I'm there week in week out, so I can get away with stuff like that. Um, we did actually have a tot. Uh, uh, right, actually, I want to get your boys' opinions on this. Right, so I was in the Tolleton. It's not home fans only on that mm. day. Um, obviously, the Newcastle game came on. They were playing that lot up the road. Um, this girl and her friends are sitting there. They, they seemed all right, mucking about, hilarious. We'd like we'd all been having a nice drink. All of a sudden, one of them gets up screaming their heads off because top men have scored. <laughs> the whole pub turns round and looks at her. Mm. Her friends go, oh, "No, she's asking women. She's asking the women." Huh? Yeah. This, so this is. Can yeah. you? So my question mm. is to you: Can you support the Arsenal women, but still support? the Arsenal, uh, the Tottenham men. I only ask this because what happens on Derby Day? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit swell. I know people who have dual allegiances because they don't, they don't see Arsenal as like, they see Arsenal women as like a separate entity to the Arsenal men. Um, and usually they, they, they fall in love with the Arsenal women because of like a particular player. Like I know they're, they're a bit, they saw, let's say, I don't know. Oh, no, best... I get that. Yeah. An Arsenal. That's yeah. my issue. If it's Arsenal Spurs, then it gets a, you get a weird conflict. Um, but I mean, who are we to say how people choose to support their um, clubs? If they want to support Arsenal women and Spurs men, entirely up to them. My feeling is is that if you're doing that, you, you're welcome to do that. That's fine. But if you know, therefore, that you are in a pub that you know is going to be full of Arsenal supporters, loudly supporting Spurs in that pub for me is just. You're, it's 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 like a red rag to a ball. You're inciting people to to be angry upon you, and you can't go, oh well, I'm entitled to be. No. To be fair, you, we did. You know where you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right, so, With the you, songs. You, I mean, so, it's like it's, it's like it's like walking down, let's say, um, walking up to because we're all going to the Spurs game at the weekend. Now it'd be like if we just decided just to walk up towards the Spurs stadium and just hold all our shirts out open to the world and just sing arsehole chants at them and then complain when they take offence to it. It's like, you're, you're, you're deliberately doing it. You're not doing it because you're supposed to. You're doing it to wind everybody else up because you're a Spurs fan. I don't, I've got no qualms of it. I just think in that situation, the, the argument is not the fact that they choose to support two opposite opposing clubs. It's the fact that they're clearly they're trying to wind you all up. And I think that's very silly of them. Yeah, I also think it's plain stupidity because there was a few people who don't regularly go to the women's but mm. they're always at the men's. And yeah. they know what it means to hate Spurs. And that was the mistake for me personally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was just a bit of a chaotic thing. I will never, un- I, I understand 
split teams. Like mm. I know there's there's someone I know that supports a Liverpool men but Arsenal women fan. Um, but the Spurs and Arsenal, I will never understand. No, I, I won't. As I won't. That's no. it. That's it. Only because it's Tottenham Hotspur and it's a local rivalry. There's no other reason behind it. Behind it, it's the rivalry that's there. Um, yeah. North London oh. will always be red. London is red, right. and that's yeah. all I'm concerned about. It's nothing to do with anything else. It's just because Arsenal's my club, and we were in North London first, regardless of what anyone says. Yeah. The history <laughs> and the facts are online. Anybody <laughs> want to have that argument with me? You will lose. <laughs> those that don't know the part basically the postcodes say that Tottenham was basically a Hertfordshire club before they were officially in London yeah Middlesex was Middlesex so essentially they didn't win, win their trophies as part of a London club anyway <laughs> that's enough about Tottenham we'll just quickly... sorry about the history lesson everybody <laughs> we'll quickly go over the referee in um yes. I think, to be honest, Adam, you've covered it quite well. But for me, there was a couple of instances, again, where Chelsea have gotten away with a lot of things, whereas Arsenal were getting cards for similar type of challenges. Yeah. Um, this happened earlier in the season. If For those that maybe don't know, Man City were playing against Chelsea. Man City ended up with nine, well, at one point, eight men because Alana Kendi ended up being yeah. for an injury. And... It just makes you wonder, what's, is it the way Chelsea are playing and trying to perhaps... Well, I, I'm not going to run the whole conspiracy route. And I'm, not, I'm, not, say, I'm yeah. not trying some to of the say bookings, that he's aggressive, but no. some of the players perhaps are overly aggressive and they get away with it a little well, bit more than, say, some of the bookings. Some others. Yeah, some of the bookings. Like, I know Caitlin Ford got booked and I looked at it, it's a booking. It's, it's a, it was a stupid challenge. There were a lot of bookings like that. And I think what it was, it was Arsenal... Making sure breaking like the old tactical fouls, making sure uh, Chelsea don't get their 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 momentum, trying to chase a goal to get them back in the game. But I did find it odd that Chelsea didn't get uh, only got one booking. You know, when it, there was a lot of tackles, it was a very physical game. There was a lot of contests. There was a lot of games. You think you know what? There's been enough fouls. There could be another yellow card. I'm very surprised there has only been one. Now, I do want to talk about that one um, because it's quite big, and that's the Lauren James incident um, because it's been. It's, it's been escalated into something bigger. Um, so for those who don't know, it was there was a, a, a foul on the halfway line. Uh, Lauren James made a foul, made a foul, fine. You know, bundled Lauren one in the air, nothing wrong with that. It's just a 50-50 clash. Now, the thing with, with, with Lauren James is, as I've said, I was saying to people uh, in the pub afterwards and in the stadium, is that she's a brilliant player if the opposition lets her play. If, allow, if Lauren James is allowed to express herself, she's a brilliant player. Um, and definitely one that we, as an England team, we should probably look into build around. She's she's that good. But if you if we put Katie McCabe on her and she didn't give her a second, they pressed her, they harassed her, they niggled at her, they won the ball off her, they won the 50-50s on her, and they denied her the oxygen to play the game that she loves to play. And when that happens, she gets frustrated, she gets angry, and she gets petulant. And we've seen it at the World Cup, and we've seen it. Yep. Of the game. That's all inexperience. That it's is in, inexperience. It's, it's inexperience. It's naivety and immaturity. And what she does, therefore, is she very and she knows exactly what she's doing. She sees Leah Volte and she very subtly stamps, just tread. I'll say stamps, maybe it's an exaggeration, but she treads heavily on her foot as she walks past. Makes no attempt to maybe apologise or just identify. She just does it. Just walks past and deliberately crunches Valti's foot. Now, 
clearly it's it's violent contact and it should if you know in the world of VAR it's a red card referee gives a yellow now in real time when I'm seeing it stand I thought maybe it was just a, a coming together or something or I didn't realize how intentful that was so I didn't really think much of the booking but rightfully the analysis is if it'd been taken to VAR there would have been a red card and she would have been sent off and in fact Emma Hayes took her off wisely a few minutes afterwards the problem now becomes is that unfortunately there are idiots on the internet and they are idiots they are awful disgusting um idiots i mean i would do stronger words but again as we're trying to keep this at a relatively sort of pg level who then weaponize this is an excuse and just say right well i'm going to throw abuse at lauren james because she did this and i'm going to use you know all racial words and, and insults and abuse and quite frankly if you go down the avenue you're not a football fan you're not a fan of arsenal you're not a fan of chelsea you're not a fan get in the bin and leave there is no excuse there's no justification i don't care that lear volte uh, not lear volte, sorry lear volte has been stamped on by lauren james you know that is no justification for using that kind of words now i would say as an Arsenal fan, I have not necessarily seen this level boost because I'm not in the Chelsea circle, but I've no doubt that it has happened uh, because we all saw what happened to Bakaya Saka in the Euros when he missed a penalty and the pylons he got from everybody. And and just it's just it's so frustrating. It's so it's just so depressing that this happens in our society um, that people just think it's OK just to use these words and not think that it actually has an impact on these people. And it's just absolutely disgusting. And the problem is it means that's that has happened and it sort of distracts us maybe slightly from the debate of the incident itself. I just, yeah, it's very frustrating as that's come out of it because it was a great game of football and it's sort of been overshadowed by the actions of stupid individuals online who think it's okay to say these sort of things. And Chelsea have come out with a statement, Arsenal have also come out with a statement and I think we can all agree here, we will stand, you know, obviously Lauren James wish her the best because she doesn't, she's a brilliant player and she doesn't deserve this, this kind of, you know, racial pylon and, and hatred from immature idiots, like we said. Um, I'm, as for the incident itself, I'm frustrated with Lauren James because I wanted to be a really good player. I wanted to be the star for England because we got the um, the Euros around the corner. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm worried that she's going to do something stupid again at the World Cup because a game hasn't gone quite well at Euros. The game has gone quite away. And you think like David Beckham or Wayne Rooney, when they got frustrated and wound up, they did something stupid and got sent off and it cost England. And with the World Cup, it nearly cost England with Lauren James. We won on penalties in the end. We got lucky. Um, so I hope Emma Hayes can get this out of her game because she's a brilliant, talented individual. And if she if she got rid of that immaturity and 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 got got that mindset, that game mindset, to not be affected by that, she's going to be an outstanding player. It wasn't her game on the day, and that happened. It happened in the Conti Cup. Um, but she'll have better games ahead. But that's just a, that's what she needs to get out of her game now. In the interest of balance, we're talking about refereeing decisions. Um, there was a what I thought watching live was a coming together on the edge of the box with Van Kirby and Katie McCabe. I thought that McCabe, um, Kirby just bounced off her and tried to win a penalty. Replays are inconclusive because all we've got is a very zoomed in, pixelated, you know, zoom in. There's, it might have been that McCabe had maybe elbowed her in the throat, potential, or, or gone more than just bump into her. There might have been an actual bit of intent. Now, the problem is, is McCabe was on the booking. And you think if the referee spotted that, that's a penalty and a red card, and suddenly it quickly becomes 3-2. So this is what I mean by the refereeing was, wasn't was great, but it was equally not great for both sides. Both sides could have been reduced to 10 players. Both sides were, or they were off sides. So I don't know. It, it, it's a difficult. Both sides can have maybe reasons to believe they didn't get the, the right decisions. And in that sense, I don't think the other side could complain. Oh, so you're shaking your head there. I take it that Adam. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree. It's it's 
wrong on both ends. I mean, if you look at throughout that second half, Chelsea persistently targeted Katie McCabe. Yeah. She didn't lose her rag, which I'm so relieved about. Because half time when she does do that, she's arguing with the ref and I'm standing there saying, shut up, get <laughs> on with it, leave it, drop it, pulling yeah. my hair out. Adam and Matt, you were my witnesses for that because yeah. you've been mm. with me when she's been doing it. Mm. And I'm just like, leave it, get on with it. They're not going to give it to you. Don't bother arguing because no. obviously this season they have said they are clumping down on that. Um, and we've seen her get a couple of cards for it already. So it's... Yeah, if, you, if you're going to abuse people online or whatever, you're a sad little person, go get a life. And do you know what? Whatever hate you've put out there, I hope it comes back and hits you 10 times harder because you've, you're you just clearly not happy in yourselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Can we just say on topic of Katie McCabe, did we all see the clip of her winding up the away fans? No. Yes, we did. Oh, yes, it's worth it. So I'll just we'll, it's we'll, so worth it. It's so funny. I know we're we'll getting close in, but I just want to mention this because we were in the in the obviously in the in the stands, and then we see uh, Katie McKay walk over, and suddenly there's this roar of disapproval from the away fans, thinking, "What's going on?" And you watch the clip back, and she's given them a big smirk uh, while sort of dropping the ball in front of them. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. That's classic McCabe, and we want to see more of that. I know we had a bit last season when we were giving Lauren James a bit of a joke, and she was giving us a scoreline back. That's what we want in women's football. We want that banter between the rival fans. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And you know what? I'm going to say a shout out to the Chelsea fans. Um, I know they left Bob's for 18 minutes because the game was gone, but they gave it, they, they sold out the away oh, allocation. No, no, Adam, and Adam, they was, put, yeah. Adam, it was a fire drill. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say they sold out the away allocation and, you know, they gave it, they gave it as good as they got and they contributed massively to a record WSL attendance, 59,000. Fantastic. Hopefully, Later in the season, we can make it a, a full sellout, 60,000 plus. Um, but yeah. That will be the North London derby, I'm telling you now. 100%. Mark this pod, mark this 10 seconds, and thank me later. We will. Just quickly before we wrap up, there's a lovely little video of Sam Kerr going past the Tolly. And <laughs> she put, all oh, the fans are giving it to a large. She puts up a four. So it's nice to know that she actually can count. To, uh, count. Um, <laughs> how, how many goals? How many goals they conceded on the day? <laughs> yes. So thank, thank you, Sam, for actually knowing and letting us know that you can count. But um, that's all from us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs>